Welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by a duo of extraordinary gentlemen. It's Sam and Carl. <laughs> how you doing, boys? Are you ready this time? Oh, honestly, every t- I don't know how you blindside us with the question <laughs> every time. It's the same intro. <laughs> Every, Every week. week, you catch me off guard. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you, mate? Oh, fucking great stuff, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Didn't um, expect me to fire it back at you, did no, you? No, I didn't. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been asked if I'm okay. <laughs> oh, how about you, Cole? Up to anything nice and cool and something our listeners want to hear about? No. <laughs> <laughs> You say that like you say that like you're teeing up a planned question. No, oh no, no questions. But just before we started, Evan said that when we reach 500 listens, oh god, he's gonna eat. Oh yeah, let's put this on record. So I'm getting it on record right now. I mean, it doesn't just happen to have one lying around. Yes, his girlfriend is a biologist. My girlfriend was in the worm industry, big worm. Uh, and he happens to have <laughs> big wormer. two little glass jars, quite scientific jars, filled with a liquid that is clear, but I don't think is water. Uh, and there's a different worm in each. This worm's a bit just say quite scientific jars. Yes, you know, see through uh, yeah, jars. So jars. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> see through. It's it's made of glass and it's closed. But it's too it's small not a to jam have jar. something else you would have in a glass jar. Like I wouldn't put jam in this glass. Oh, <laughs> I want to jam in this glass. That's, that's a that's a scientific term. They shorten everything. Yeah. Glass jar, glass, glass. You will understand. I'll pop a picture on Twitter for everyone of these two worms. Oh, One yes. is a much browner worm in a sort of cloudy liquid, uh, which may be its own follicles. And another one is a, a more see-through worm, <laughs> maybe just follicles. skin, in a, a much clearer liquid. Uh, so get Please vote about on that. which one. Please vote on which one Evan should eat. Yes, we'll do a poll. Um, if it turns out that this is medically a terrible idea, please tell us. Yes, if of course any it's a fucking terrible rate. idea. We don't know what they're stored in. It's probably formaldehyde, which will not be good for you. Well, I'll pop it in the colander first, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we get into it? Well, this week... If you couldn't tell, we watched The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen from 2003, a film that marked the death of Sean Connery's acting career before falling asleep marked the death of Sean Connery's living career. Are we ready <laughs> for a quick plot to not? Fuck it. Yeah, go for it, mate. Well, it's all right. I split that sentence so you can cut the last part out if you want to. <laughs> A team of extraordinary figures culled from great adventure literature, including Alan Quatermain, Vampiress Mina Harker from Dracula, The Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, an American Secret Service agent named Sawyer, Captain Nemo and Dorian Gray, a call to stop a villain intent on turning the nations of the world against one another. Okay, so... Yes, that was just 80% naming characters. Yeah, an American secret agent named so-, so they named every other character that is clearly taken from literature, yep. and then tried to maintain some mystery with oh, an American secret agent named Sawyer. 
Oh, can't think who that would be. <laughs> I've never read Tom Sawyer. I've never read any of the books that have, you know, that, that, that this movie is derivative of. I only realised today that it was comprised of liter- literary characters. Literary. <laughs> Do, does anyone know what Alan Quatermain is from? I mean, only because I googled it. I, I googled that it was from King Solomon's Mines, and he does mention it at the start. So that's a cheeky little tip-off. But no, it, I, I feel like he's, at least to us, the least known of these characters, right? I, I feel, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, only <clears throat> I think we've all heard of Dorian Gray. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've heard of Captain Nemo, but I don't know what he's from. To be fair, Dorian Gray's the only one who's in the title of his thing. <laughs> uh, Tom Sawyer as well. Well, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Two for one. Well, that's the end of that bit, I suppose. Carl, do you yeah, want to get us started? <laughs> is that how you're throwing me in, is it? Why are you eating worms? <laughs> <laughs> what am I getting started with? The plot? Oh, like in the beginning of the movie, yeah. I think, I think let's, let's yeah, let's get, get us going on the plot. Yeah, I'll, I'll get us started. So we start London, 1899. I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> okay, we don't. Okay, <laughs> I'm not actually. I just wanted to point out that yeah, <laughs> the delivery of this plot at the beginning is through a plot crawl, a la sort of Star Wars ish. Except it's so fucking awful and jarring the way that it's like not quite in sync with the background. It was oh, painful yes. to watch. Yeah. Oh god, I hated that. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so please continue. <laughs> we start London, 1899. We good? We good there? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, you can continue. Just, I was really hoping just, Evan would jump in. We're all picturing yeah. it. <laughs> and we have a tank breaks into a bank. <laughs> I love that it rhymes already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the whole podcast is going to rhyme, by the way. Evan, uh, Ka- Carl's done this, all rhyming. We have the great tank bank robbery of 1899 to steal plans of Venice. And it's being, we think at this time, perpetrated by the Germans. And we have 19th century police officers seeing this tank on the street (laughs) saying, how do we stop this? And they go with the plan of just hit it with our truncheons as it rolls down the street. (laughs) They're all giving it a good whack. What I really liked about this, and this is a again a, like a theme through the movie. This is set. This scene is set in London, the capital city of eighteen ninety nine. In eighteen ninety nine, and it's not it, the only people on the street are about seven or eight policemen. <laughs> Later, we move on to Paris, and fucking nobody is on the street. Then we move on to Venice, and nobody is on the street. <laughs> I'm not sure if the directors of this film have ever been in a city. Well, when you spend that much money on Sean Connery's last movie, you can't afford extras. When you pay Sean Connery yeah. 18 million pounds, <laughs> extras you are out the budget. You money mate. from all yeah. the extras. Sean Connery is your extras. <laughs> oh, that'd be great if he was playing they all could, the yeah, extras Yeah, they could do the that. Street. Do like a George Lucas and just go back to it years later and CGI and a bunch of Sean Connery's just walking <laughs> around. Well, we already paid for him. <laughs> Dodging truncheons. <laughs> anyway. Yes. It's too early, it's too early to the go bank on track, heist. isn't it? So yeah, we get our little tank bank heist. Hang on, where and when? 
late 19th century somewhere in England. Excellent. Thank you. Love it. Cool. And between and at the same time, Berlin, 1899. We have the same people pretending to be British soldiers. <laughs> Blowing up a Zeppelin factory? Yeah. As they're yeah. trying to start a war, I guess, in Europe. And what I liked about this is that interspersed between these two scenes, we get we get different cuts of newspapers showing how terrible the world is at this point. <laughs> like and this. Yeah. What we get is world on the brink of war, flooding happening across the planet, and bank rates on the rise, so... Just a completely unrelatable <laughs> world. Yeah. Sometimes fiction just goes can't too far. What, can't imagine what that's like. I thought you were going to go to the paper that said, not us, in quote marks, and it just underneath it said Germany. Like they were <laughs> going to get the blame for anything that happened in the world. I suppose they were <laughs> pretending to be German at the start of this movie, but just instantly the bad guys. Not us. Of course. Cool. okay so we have a world on the brink of war and so what we need is a team of earth's mightiest heroes and so we have alan quatermain english indiana jones who's now old and in retirement out in kenya being recruited for as yet unknown reasons The, the empire needs him i think is how it's told and so we end up in a kenyan what i'm guessing is a retirement home basically it's definitely not a plantation. It was a big old house with a lot of fields around it. It was not it was a plantation. Definitely not a plantation. I think it had that written on the front. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get. I don't remember his name. You might have to remind me. Uh, what? What are we saying? I mean, you're gonna have to say who it is. Ginger guy comes to help. Oh, throwaway character. Oh God, doesn't matter. Nobody Just gives Ginger a shit. Guy. Who cares who he is? <laughs> Some fucking dude turns up. Man in yeah. suit it's number okay, one the turns up to in. recruit Alan Quatermain to help yes. the Empire. And we discover Alan Quatermain, he's had enough of being a hero. Had enough of the Empire. He's hiding away in Kenya. And he's pretty much hired Nigel, another old man in the place, to pretend to be him whenever visitors come calling. Can regale them with stories from his past. Because um, I don't know if you know this, but he is actually the hero from King Solomon's Mine. <laughs> oh, good trivia. Thank you. <laughs> at this point, this the guy who comes to visit says, I'm not after I'm not here for to hear about your old adventures, I'm here because we need you now. And Sean Connery says, Well, what if I don't need you? Yeah. And then immediately goes with him. Great line. Yeah. So so the plot can happen, Sam. Yeah, exactly. It's so the plot can happen. Although also so the plot can happen, yeah. they're stormed by a load of machine gun toting uh, baddies, vague baddies, yeah. and they seem they seem surprised that these are you know automatic rifles. A these... scene that some might say doesn't make sense if the people <laughs> recruiting him aren't also the people trying to kill him, or are also the people trying to kill him, with knowledge that yeah. We as the audience don't know that, but once we know that that's the truth, it doesn't really make sense, does it? Why would they storm? No, but then it could be the spark that's meant to get him to join. Otherwise, he may have just sat around and ignored the 
Empire because we learn later that he hates the English Empire because he's lost his son because of something he was doing with the English Empire. So, we're in a fight. Yeah. We've got a shitload of jump cuts because at the age of 97, Sean Connery isn't as spry as he used to be. And he is. I do find it. I do find it interesting. So he's standing in the middle of the room when they all open fire on him with their brand new, never seen before automatic rifles, and they've got like three or four guys all opening fire on him in the middle of the room. And apparently, I mean, to be fair, these are the first automatic rifles. The technology has not advanced in the last hundred years because still today, if you fire full auto at the protagonist in the middle of a room and he runs away. You're missing every single shot. Oh, it's it's Star Wars rules throughout this movie. It's sure. a full yeah. stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Sean Connery's charisma is forgiving of of that massive plot hole in that he can't even move quick enough out of his chair to, to yeah. dodge a bullet, let alone dive across the fucking screen. So you can still enjoy it. He's the protagonist, but it, yeah, there's a lot of. There's shooting, and then there's a cut. But it's a fairly, like, substantial cut. You can feel it happening. It's not like you go from one bit to another. Yeah. They put a bit of scenery in the background for a few frames, and then it goes to Sean, and he's across the screen. The movie's very jump-cut heavy. I do miss Sean Connery in movies, though. Like, his voice is presence. And he's so effortlessly, effort, wowzers, effortlessly funny in this movie. I don't know if the dialogue was written specifically for him, but it feels like basic dialogue. He's probably the most charismatic the most person. He's very funny. I take great joy live. knowing that he's miserable throughout as well. <laughs> he fucking hated filming this, and I take a lot of joy in that. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's. He I mean, yeah, he's. A lot, yeah. It's, he's great in it, just because he's, he's Sean, Sean Connery, Connery. and the the voice and the the kind of gravitas yeah. of just him. sells every single scene. No, I have heard impressions of Sean Connery for years, but I did not realise just how much he shays it like this until we saw this movie. I did write down that it does seem like he's doing a Sean Connery impression. (laughs) He sounds like every impression of Sean Connery I've ever heard. I'm starting to think that his parents named him Sean Connery, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) I think if he knows this is his, if he's done, you know, he's begun this process. We don't know what fi- uh, scenes he or- he filmed in what order. Jesus Christ! I think he probably just like, why am I putting any effort into this? I'll just yeah. do my actual voice, and that's what you get. And we're just so used to hearing it through impressions that it it seems odd to us. I think I also think around this time, and my notes are not in a very good order, but I think it's around this time we get a glimpse of our. Uh, antagonist and he he he, we get a glimpse of him walking out and he's we see his cane that which has a skull on top of it in case there was any doubt that he's the baddie he's got a skull on top of his cane which (laughs) reminds me of a mitchell and webb sketch i don't know if i've ever mentioned mitchell and webb on the pod before but they got some good sketches and uh yeah i feel like he should have looked down at that cane and gone Hold on. Am I the baddie? We the baddies. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have the Sean Connery. Maybe he also did the Sean Connery voice. Sean, Sean, Sean. That was a great impression, Evan. Okay. What confidence. Uh, in. <laughs> I, just, I just, I feel so much better about mine now. It wasn't good, but it wasn't that. 
That's right, listeners, we got Sean on the pod. <laughs> Welcome to Seance You Thought That Was Good, Did You? <laughs> I don't think I'll, I'll be eating that worm. Fucking <laughs> hell. So, he, he wins the fight. One of the bad guys flees. He whips out a rifle and manages to shoot the guy from like a thousand yards, which we're all impressed by. We are all impressed. And that guy, before we can get information out of him, he takes a cyanide tablet. And as we're outside, the entire retirement building blows up. It does. At which point, man in suit number one says, pack for an English winter. Which is a really rude thing to say you to a man seem who's... To care whole property was just blown into nothing. <laughs> just watched all of his friends and his lives explode into nothing. So when he rocks up in London yeah. wearing the same outfit, you know, it's probably he because all his clothes were destroyed. Dying, yeah. This is all I have. He takes it well. <laughs> and then that's the last we see of that pale British man who came to get him on the team. We never see him again. Now we're in London. 1899. <laughs> British winter. And now we're in London, where we yeah. meet the man who has... We're at London, 1899, July 1899. And we meet the man who has hired him, who is M. We don't know what M stands for yet, but... But you can take a fucking good guess, can't you? I mean, I didn't guess, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've seen this before, and I thought it was a James Bond reference. Yeah, same. I said, I was just pretending. Oh, good. Okay. No, I'm smarter than everyone else. (laughs) Well, and he is being hired to recruit a team for a mission. And luckily, 80% of the team are already in that room. (laughs) 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 We're saving us three or four first, like, solo movies where we establish the origin of the character... We're jumping straight into the team. Fair, I think the characters are mostly established <laughs> through about 200 years of literature. So the trailer was just a list of books you had to read before coming to see <laughs> yeah. this movie. Uh, yeah, required reading. That's what the bit, the bit of the start was, wasn't it? Just, I hope you've done your pre-reading. We're now in London, 1899. Yeah. Do you remember year 10 English literature? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I did the great Gatsby that year. <laughs> I came into Get this out. so confident, read ten essays on of mice and men. <laughs> oh, that's great foreshadowing. I've got a joke coming up about that. Remember this later. <laughs> Carry on, Carl. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> so, we meet M, who we wants do. Alan Quatermain to put together a team to stop this impending world war. And the team's already put together. And- but yeah. The team, yeah, the team's, the team's showing there. up. Yeah. yeah, we have Captain Nemo. We do. We have not the Invisible Man. We have an Invisible Man. An invisible man. Very important distinction. I have forgotten his name. It's somewhat ironic. I feel something Skinner. Skinner. Oh, because he's you can't see his skin. That's why it's funny. Yes, that is good. Yes, that's um, very good. Can I point out? Two thousand three. This film came out. Um, yes. The Invisible Man. The CGI on him. On him, like, wiping that stuff in his face. That had no business being that good. 
Holy shit. It is the only good that CGI. really thing. impressed whoa, me. Whoa, 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 I won't go that far, man. I've got shit to say about that submarine. Okay, whoa. sure. I don't know if that would that Sexy. For a second, I thought you were going to say, Sam, the CGI they did to make him invisible. <laughs> they, you know, they, they like, probably just I couldn't see it went through frame by frame and cut him out and drew the background back in he was there the whole oh, time oh this is so good I'm so good at my job there was no easier way to do this god he is fucking invisible isn't it <laughs> Sam's just paused and clipped through scene by scene going you really can't see him once yeah <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh god i should have drank that worm <laughs> and then we have mina harker the last member to show up at this point a woman in the league of extraordinary gentlemen oh, they oh. make a big point about that don't oh they? that's a point alan quatermain is not impressed oh can we run off script again sorry a schwoman <laughs> And now they have to go and recruit member number five. Oh, you yeah. don't have to. Dorian Gray. <laughs> oh, yes. This is so weird. I really like this guy, by the way, even though I know, I, but we find out he's a bad guy. Oh, before we get there, please, we get outside and we have the car. And what I, and oh there's two God. things I love about this scene. Is that firstly, Nemo who owns it, says the word automobile like he's never heard it before <laughs> in his life. Yeah. He just made up that word. I call it the automobile. Yeah. He says it like he was reading it off a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> Can someone please write that down phonetically for me? And secondly, Sean Connery makes sure to tell Mina Harker that women are good for two things. Marrying and fucking, and I'm not in the mood for either. That, is almost, that was almost a quote. Is that what I, I missed that. It's very close to that, yeah. Wow. I think he says, schwarrying yeah. and shocking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many wives and many lovers. <laughs> there it is, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, and it's just like, no, love, I'm, despite her showing no interest at all, just, yeah. he makes sure, make sure to tell her, I'm not interested. And there being yeah. a 60 yeah. look, look, stop, gap. stop hitting on me. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm actually yeah. a very busy dude. <laughs> Sean Connery does not understand the concept of a woman that exists that isn't actively throwing herself at him. <laughs> and, and she decides, you know, to have a bit of back and forth, not realising what can come of such a thing with Sean Connery. Do not talk back. We, 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 we do not talk back to Sean Connery. We know how he puts women in place. <laughs> oh. They illustrate that in this movie because his primary power is the right hook. That's all he does. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. This is going to get brought up a few times. <laughs> yes, yeah, so now the LXG, which we will now be referring to them as because that sounds sick. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing. They meet Dorian Gray. Sounds better than the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, especially considering a significant percentage of them is not gentlemen. <laughs> At least 10%. Yeah. Can't do the maths on that, but it's enough. Close enough to 10, yeah. And Dorian Gray, who is 
the one from literature who who's painting ages and he doesn't oh he's the one from literature (laughs) (laughs) he's met quartermain before but he says to him they say you're indestructible quartermain and then he responds a witch doctor did bless me once so nonchalantly and connery's acting is so good in that moment i would have been convinced of the same fact if he'd said well i did have a barocco once (laughs) <laughs> of course I can't be killed. <laughs> so like, oh yeah, a witch doctor blessed me once. Like, oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> I should have known Oh yeah, that. obviously. That's why you're indestructible. <laughs> it's the one soft mint you had. Just so believable. I could have a worthless original one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, God, yeah. that would have been better. <laughs> worthless original a day. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps the witch doctor away. <laughs> I've seen a dentist every day for the past year, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, yes, yeah, so we meet uh, Mina, Dorian Gray, uh, Skinner, who's the invisible man, but is also a thief, so he stole that invisibility potion. I'm just going to call it that. They call it... It's a potion. That it's, makes it yeah. invisible. Yeah. Um, oh, did you notice that he drinks some of the whiskey and you can see it yeah. go down his throat? Goes down I his did. throat. I made notes on yeah. that, yeah. That, that implies that anything that isn't a part of him, we can yeah. see. So it should be a big bladder of piss floating big in the air. Floating, <laughs> yeah. Big floating bubble of piss. We should see and poos develop, on their way just out. A slow poo just making its, it's way, making through, its that way through the intestine. Oh. And I think being three men who are not as old as that actor was, or that character is, but are old enough to know that I pretty much could go for a wee at any time. If I've had a drink today, I'll need a wee. Not just (laughs) once. Every hour or so, I reckon. And he's going to have piss in there. I I don't have any bladder problems, listeners, I promise. (laughs) I'm just old. Just wait till he's eating a tapeworm. Wait till you're telling the police about that one. Who were you robbed by? Just a, Just a big floating, floating bubble of piss. <laughs> <laughs> and, ha- and a half-eaten sandwich. <laughs> it's weird. He was half sandwich and half piss. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've already complimented the CGI on the Invisible Man. I did think, I'd, like, when he smeared the stuff on his face and that was his, like... Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Showing that was really good. And then it cuts to the next scene, and quite clearly, it's just a guy with some yeah. white powder on his face, and that swaps back and forth throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the effort. You know, varied depending on scene. Sometimes he was just an all white man. Yeah. And sometimes they'd really put the effort in on the pseudo cream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, pseudo cream describes that perfectly because it's not quite paint. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's been painted, but creamed up. Like you've been bit bitten creamy. all weekend and your legs are all creamy. Yeah, that Brought is to you perfect. by Sudacry. Oh, shit, we should be recording this. Or call them tomorrow, <laughs> see if they'll sponsor it. It comes just after a bit about floating piss and shit. Do you want us to advertise you there? <laughs> Sponsored by Big Shit. <laughs> Sponsored by Big Worm. Big Worm. <laughs> Got a lot of shit in you. I'll deal with that. <laughs> so you think that was pissed, did you? Oh, I'm so sorry Fuck to the sake. people that listen to this. I'm so sorry to you having to edit this. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all in. Fuck's sake. 
fucking leave it. <laughs> it's going to be our worst one yet. Oh, yeah. So we've just met Dorian Gray. We have. Our first introduction to the character. We, we know nothing about him. He could be bad. He could be evil. All of a sudden, they're surrounded by That's bad the two guys. options. He's either bad or evil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, <God damn>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be bad. It could be evil. We just we'll never know. It's, it's, we've got no idea. <laughs> God damn it! Well, they get surrounded by the. I guess they were German. They sounded German in the first intro, and the Phantom. They turn up at Dorian Gray's house. Blam blam blam! There's a fight scene. Yeah, there's. Automatic rifles going off everywhere, and uh, if you were to find out later on that the guy who recruited them was also the guy who was against them, the scene wouldn't really make sense. It would would be a weird scene, wouldn't it? (laughs) A strange scene to play. If that happened, this would make no sense at all. Yeah, it'd be crazy that he's constantly trying to kill them when he needs them. Mm. (laughs) Crazy. Well, it's a good job he's either bad or evil. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's either rubbish or he's incompetent. It's one of the two. And it's either shit or piss. <laughs> what I did really like about this scene is that at the st- at the start, like they're in a sort of a library, kind of yeah, yeah. It, it's his, his personal library, and they fire off a few bullets. They hit maybe four or five books and pages yeah, kind of billow into the air. And then yeah. for the next five minutes, despite no other shots being fired, pages. And scraps of paper continue to fall like a blizzard through the entire fight. Like, a bullet has not been fired for a good few minutes. And still you're in a snowstorm of pages. Punch it. It was great. I like. I genuinely really enjoyed that. Very atmospheric. Amongst the bad guys who snuck in, we had well, Tom Sawyer. Bad or evil, please. Bad or evil. Mm-hmm. The bad or evil guys that snuck in, we had Tom Sawyer who had snuck in with them who is now on the side of the League of Extraordinary well, Gentlemen. Well, we don't know yet. He's either good or virtuous. We're not sure. <laughs> yeah. And he gives Sean a little wink to let him know he's not going to fire at him. And I, this is a note I had later on, but I think it's worth mentioning now. Maybe I didn't pick up on it, but are we ever told why he's here or what he's doing? Oh, well. Evan. I actually have that for you. Oh, it was it was revealed in a deleted scene that he's there because the Phantom was responsible for the death of another agent, <gasps> one Huckleberry Finn. Oh, that's very good. And Just like the book, I would say, and I would say, good. <laughs> oh, hold on, wait. Are you not joking? That actually? Oh no, no, hundred percent. Oh wow. That's the my one bit of. I'm not going to say that. That's a single bit of trivia that I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More trivia to come. Please don't leave. Um, and yeah, that was that was his reason for being here there. If they hadn't made the movie an hour and forty minutes long, I'm... and yeah, I would say I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> if Tom Sawyer had been killed and Huckleberry Finn had shown up in this, it'd be a lot more. Look, the the script might have been quite different. <laughs> the script would be yeah. This, this would be a this would be eighteen for sure. All right, let's stop tiptoeing around that. <laughs> okay, so Dorian's on the team. Dorian's on the team, Tom's on the team, and now we get Hell to yeah. see the Nautilus. The Nautilus. Nemo submarine. Uh, hang on, I want to say something before we get to this, because you're slowly introduced to people's powers in this scene. You find out that Mina Harker is a vampire because she bites yes. that dude. You find out that um, 
Dorian Gray can't be killed. Yeah, obviously we all know this because we've all read. You find out the Invisible Man is invisible. Yeah, Yeah. very cool. Uh, Apart from the shit and piss, Um, Tom Sawyer shoots real good. I'm sure that's connected to the book that we've we've all read. And Alan Quatermain shoots real good. Uh, No, well, no, he actually has a, a different power. So let me describe it to you now. It seems to be making the camera cut so much that the bad guys can't tell what's happening, and neither can we. Because obviously oh, Sean yeah. Connery can't throw a bunch of punches in the row, so those are filmed over several days and just spliced <laughs> together. Just a mix between him taking a lie down. Well, yeah, okay. While we're talking about this, I will say that this is, it's not just in this scene, it's not in the previous scenes. The whole film... And even not even just the Sean Connery fights, but all the fights that happen in the film, which makes me think that it's a directorial choice, have the same kind of cadence to them, which is camera cut, punch, camera cut, punch, camera cut, yep. punch. And it's just back and forth between one guy and another of punch in the face, punch in the face, punch in the face, punch in the face, until it kind of just ends. <laughs> yeah, until one guy's being punched in the face too much. Yeah. I, I get that we're in the Jason Bourne era. Like we're in the Jason Bourne era of movies. So jump cuts or cuts in fight scenes were a lot more common or considered to be part of the art form at that point. But I am leaning towards it's just he was too old to actually film a fight scene. Oh, yeah. I it's, it also could be that. that. It wasn't massively noticeable compared to other movies. Like others are worse for it. But I think because it only happened for him during his fight scenes, it was quite noticeable within this movie. But he still did great. Those looked like strong punches, didn't they, boys? It was okay. It wasn't like Leia running away from the people in the forest in Obi-Wan. It wasn't quite that jarring in how kind of weirdly cut it was. They weren't weren't nothing punches. Those are the punches that would keep a wife in line, for sure. (laughs) He didn't actually throw any punches in the script. They just cut together the ones they caught on camera. (laughs) Also, I want to say, Tom Sawyer being introduced was the first time that I realised everyone in this movie was a literary character of some kind. Oh, really? Yes. And so I thought, what character would I like to be part of my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen team? And I thought, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. His superpower could be stroking the bad guys too hard and breaking their (laughs) necks. And that fits into this real good because no one's got a really defined superpower. And so, Carl, what would be your literary character to put into the movie? Oh, I love that we're doing this and I'm going to cut every single bit of it. <laughs> please, please continue deliberating and going back and forth because I've got no fucking clue what my, my choice is going to be. I don't read enough books. We'll come back to that, Evan. Okay. Well, the question every episode. So, we're now at the naughty list. Which I think is an incredible design. You disagree? Oh, the design was cool. The CGI was poor. Really? You thought so? Oh. It didn't look it like was, a ship. Look, it maybe, maybe it was a bit big. Considering it was there <laughs> to transport five, six people, maybe it was a little bit big. It was also in the Thames, and I was confused in this scene how it had managed to navigate the Thames. That was up until a scene later on when I was confused as to how it navigated the canals of Venice. <laughs> oh, I hope there are no corners. <laughs> I 
may make some good points. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're off to Paris to get the final member of the LXG. Yeah. Be Dr. Jekyll slash Mr. Hyde. Yeah, and how yeah. are we going to get him? I mean, how do you capture him? And I love that we end the scene with this cuts like midway through the scene from another unrelated scene. They're on the ship, then all of a sudden they're running through Paris, and it's Tom yeah. Sawyer and Mr. Quartermain himself, Connery, running through the sheet streets, shooting at little parts of the buildings to, to narrow or hide down to location. Running through the only, empty Parisian well, streets, firing yes, at chimneys. Oh yeah, and it, it's at this point, which must be like at the end of the chase, they've been chasing for a while, that Quartermain says to Sawyer, oh no, we're not shooting to kill. We're just trying to, <laughs> to ferry him towards a certain place. Yeah, yeah. probably tell okay, him that yeah. before you get going. Tell yeah. that at the start. Could you yeah. not have said that on the boat? <laughs> That's the first thing you tell me, actually. You were sat in silence for 13 hours on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tell me that before we it's, get off. It's a good job I shoot like everyone else in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah they corral Mr. Hyde and yeah. get him on the ship. Shoot down like and... four or five, but cause a few hundred thousand... Uh, Frank's worth of damage. <laughs> but they get their men. Yeah, they're not to damn that shit. <laughs> Cheers for the chuckle. And they get their men, and then <laughs> how do we all feel about that transformation scene? Because that disturbed me 18 years ago, and it disturbs me. Well, look, now. they love camera cuts. It do, wasn't. Do love a smoky camera cut. Oh, yeah. Considerate of people with, like, who are prone to epileptic seizures. <laughs> no. Because it was a lot of flashing. I have no such symptoms, and it was hard for me to watch. There's a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> Here's another I mean, picture of a grotesque man. Yeah. There's it was, another one. It was quite Those a lot. Those are flashes, by the way. That's the sound of a flash. Quite I'm going to say it now. With what we see later, with someone who takes the same potion, I will never understand why they decided to go for a full prosthetic suit for this. Oh, you think they should have just been all he's CGI? Just some dude walking around with arms that are down to his ankles. I do yeah, like that. Really later on, they do a full CGI red man who looks fucking terrifying. But also terrible. That guy I mean, doesn't look like a, a I real mean, big man. Not compared to what we get throughout the entire thing. I think the hide. I think he looks better than the CGI. Ooh, me too. Well, you're wrong. You're both I think wrong. the only issue with him was when awful. they did a long distance shot, wide pan, you could tell that it was literally just a normal sized man with big arms. And yeah. that was the issue with that. <laughs> or, or just any time they did a, a close up shot as well, and you could tell the actor couldn't lift the, the arms because they didn't bend. <laughs> and he just stood there with them well, down by his side. He's not going to lift his arms. Look how big they are. <laughs> what, what, what's your superpower? I just kind of flail my arms like they're both completely <laughs> dead. Look, he's got the same. I swing, my, I swing my shoulders side to side and my massive arms fling in every direction. I think the thing is that me and Ev can sort of empathize with this, with having. So many muscles that it's too heavy to lift them up. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get that, Carl. I'm doing my best. If we ever start a video podcast, people will <laughs> find that funny. Yeah, that's a joke that will pay off in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, if we ever start a video podcast, I'm sure we'll have less views than we get listens right now. Oh, I'll have. I'll pay someone to. To pretend to be me, and I'll just voice dub it. No, Sam's actually really handsome, so you know. Watch for yeah, that. Yeah, he's going to be fine. So you, Carl. I'm the only loser in this scenario. <laughs> I wish I was just a fucking 
floating pile of shit and piss. <laughs> it's worse than that. Oh, what? Just a floating piece of pseudocreme. <laughs> <laughs> a blob of it. Just looking like Mrs. Doubtfire. Just dro- dropping off bits as we're recording. Oh, that was so good. Sh- straight into great. your beard. Best scene of any movie we've watched so far. Although, not to get ahead of ourselves, but this was a fucking great movie. I mean, I yeah. don't know if that's come across I, so far. I don't think it has come across. We, we, I mean, obviously, no, this is our like thing. Just... We shit talk films, yeah. but we yeah, we shit talk films and say they were great. That's I want to say at this point, I was I've been enjoying the entire film so far. It's. I also feel people should know that I love this, and I said it on Twitter, and a few people responded to me. I wish I'd taken down the names, but four or five probably other podcasters I can't remember <laughs> also agreed that this was a great movie. So I feel like the the era of people who hated this when it came out, that's past now. If people gave this a seven look at the moment, like we have and they have, well, this was a great movie. Look, we are very much getting ahead of ourselves now, aren't we? Sure. Okay, I'll, I'll give okay. more official so, opinion of you. We leave Paris and the decision is made by our filmmakers that now we're going to hang out on a ship for a bit. <laughs> and so that's what we we're just we're all chilling on a ship. Yep. For quite a and long time. Would it be fair to say at this point this is where Alan teaches Tom to shoot? Kind of. Yeah. I think we we skip about twenty minutes here, but nothing happens in those two. Not much minutes. happens. That's why, yeah. There's some powder yeah. on the and floor. We, we get hints that someone yeah. is stealing shit, I think. Yeah. Yes. And we're meant to think that it is Skinner. No skin. Uh Invisible Man Skinner. Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all you Simpsons fans out there. (laughs) (laughs) And about this, so yes, Quartermain is out shooting boys. It's really weird. They're they're kind of boys. They're firing boys out. And by the way, when we say boys, we mean the buoyant little bot. They're not just blasting kids out. He's shooting boys. He's shooting boys. (laughs) Um, They're firing. Sorry, yes, no. They're firing children out of a cannon. Oh, for our American listeners, buoys. Uh, buoys, that's what they say, isn't it? Yeah, they're firing out oh. little little boys, and little he's boy. holding he's holding the gun up as if he's doing a kind of clay pigeon shooting thing, and he's going to shoot them in air. But he just kind of follows them and waits for them to land on the water. Then he sits there for a minute, and then he fires. <laughs> waits for it to slow down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing and some very slow, old yeah. man shooting. <laughs> He's, do- he's then- doing the shooting of a man who has been on safari in Africa for the past 20 years. <laughs> True. <laughs> that that drug tippo is barely moving. We've got all the time in the world. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> and then Sawyer comes out and Quartermain explains about how he lost his son during another escapade with the British Empire. And he we see that they have this father-son relationship and he, he tries to teach no, him to no, shoot no, better no, 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 because no. he's an American and therefore can only fire rapidly at Very quickly, yeah. take. Was I wrong about something We there? see that Tom is trying to force a father-son relationship oh, into absolutely, this. absolutely, yeah. yeah. He, he needs a dad. <laughs> There's no father-son. He has decided he Not wants a dad and he's going to force that in there. Like, there is a bit in here where he's telling Tom about his son and says, I led and he followed and... There's a bit later on, I'm jumping ahead a little, where Tom then says, you lead, I'll follow. And I feel like if that were me, I'd stop and go, whoa, 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 hang on. Don't fucking bring that shit up. I told you that in confidence. Don't do that now. Hold on. I don't know what you think is going on here. Yeah. I don't know what you think we are to each other, but I've known you two days. 
anyway, f- fuck that familial bullshit. Quartermain uh, is trying to teach Sawyer to... <laughs> yeah, we've all just got a thing about this, haven't we? He's trying to teach him how to shoot. And he's like, let him line up the gun and everything. And then Quartermain leans directly into his ear. He's like, take the shot. Take the shot. Take your time. And then we watch him. That was way too close to the mic. We watch him. He lines up the shot. And then Quartermain, he leans right back in. Take the shot. Of course he's not going to miss the make the fucking shot if you're leaning into his ear and saying take the shot at the same time. There is a like, tremendous you, amount of, prof- of, of pressure on him. Yes. And also very distracting. Yeah. It's like when I play Rocket League and there's an open goal. Yes, I'm <laughs> going to miss that anyway. But if somebody says, take the shot in the chat, it's gone. Well, I might as well turn off the fucking game. <laughs> he, I ain't making it. And that is exactly what Tom Sawyer says to him. It's like, fucking, when I'm playing Rocket League. Dad. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Back off, Daddy. Dad. He, he misses. He, he misses just slightly. It was a pretty good shot, but he misses. He and then Alan's, it to high And then Alan's like, oh, that was close, but you missed. And then he, he leaves. And is that training? He takes one shot, one shot, misses, and then leaves. It's because Tom says, is this how you taught your son to shoot? Oh, yeah. Which, so, to be fair... Oh, yeah, yeah, on our, on our submarine. Yeah, that's what I took him learning to well, shoot on our submarine. But it probably felt like a burn to him. Like, your son's dead. Did you teach him to shoot like this? Clearly, <laughs> he wasn't good at it. He misses a shot. <laughs> Did you learn to shoot after you met your son? <laughs> met your son. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, there is a a mystery going on where we are led to believe that Skinner has stolen, as far as I can tell, he steals the uh, Jekyll's formula that turns him into Hyde. Does he do anything else? I have to figure out who Skinner is. Um, (laughs) Skinner, no skin, um, invisible. He's the invisible man. Yeah. Yeah, pseudocrem. Yeah, yeah Skinner is pseudochrome. So aside from that, he steals Mina's blood with the shot glass. But no, he doesn't. Oh, you're talking Skinner, okay? Yeah. Vial and photographs of the this, submarine. So they are shortly after this. They're like, Skinner's betrayed us. He's sold us out. He's clearly been working against us this whole time. What's he done? Jekyll He's thinks Jekyll thinks movie. that Ovile is missing. You just taking him on his word and being like, oh, that guy's absolutely sold us out. Well, the only person who could have entered this unlocked room and opened this unlocked box and taken one of the 40 vials that I have here is the invisible dude, even though I wasn't in the room the entire time. Couldn't have been one of the 60 other guys you've got working on this ship. (laughs) People saw a big floating ball of piss leaving my room. (laughs) Yeah, the vial which he could not carry anywhere. <laughs> the floating oh, yeah, vial. Point, yeah, there would have been a floating vial. Probably check, just look for floating vials or check his room. Well, yeah. all right. So, when they were recruited, they were told that there's going to be a world leaders meeting. World leaders meeting in Venice. I got there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they've been recruited to, because apparently the Phantom's going to blow it up, and they need to stop that. So that's where they're going now along this very long journey. And we arrive in the canals of Venice during a carnival and just in time for Venice to explode. Yeah. And then the plan <laughs> a lot of to stop Venice exploding is to bomb Venice. <laughs> Chuck a bomb at it. 
is that science? Because I sat well, watching that going, does that does that make sense? The, if I... I, the kind of premise of it is that Venice is set up like dominoes. Yeah. If we just stop, if we blow up one building as they're all exploding one after the other, then the entire explosive chain reaction will be stopped. But look, and I, I was, I still don't know. Does that work? I feel like an, I felt very stupid watching this film. Going, that doesn't sound like a thing to me. But I'm On not the very smart. Level, that sounds like it could be possible <laughs> because an explosion might stop an explosion if it stops the two ends. But then you have to think about the other <laughs> half of the explosion, which knocks over all the other dominoes going the other way. Surely all they did was pause it for a second and then be like, yeah, good job, everyone. Look, okay. We saved everyone a second. The premise that we are meant to believe is that Venice is set up in such a way that all the buildings, <laughs> if one building collapses, it's all gone. It's all yeah. rubble. If so, it's the city planners who are at fault. Not the guy who said the bomb. <laughs> but yeah, look, we, we watch a good few minutes of building after building after building collapsing into into rubble, just being completely annihilated. And then they finally stop it by chucking a guided a guided missile. Yeah, a precision guided missile in eighteen ninety nine. Precision yeah, missile. Um with a trackable car. Absolutely. Does it, of course. Has this man invented satellites? Yeah. Uh, sorry, definitely. that's not a car, but an. Uh, let me read my bit of paper. Uh, automobile. Is that right? Can you say that slower, please? Shortoshabil. Uh, <laughs> Fucks. <laughs> yeah, I think you got it. I think that's. I think that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um. So they need to stop the explosion, and they're going to do that by targeting a bomb at the car and getting the bomb ahead of the car ahead of the explosion. Oh, yeah. the precision guided missile. And as they're doing this, there's four of them in the car. Tom, Dorian, Mina, Alan. Yeah. And they all jump out at different times. Alan? As we, yeah. As we see Alan leave the car because he sees Alan, the Phantom. Alan? <laughs> Quatermain. <laughs> Sean Connery. Sean. Sean Connery. I'm going to just call him Sean Connery. Fucking hell. I can't believe this is the only episode where I know the name of the characters. I've just called him Quarterman. I can't believe his name is okay. Alan. What a boring name for him. <laughs> Alan! Alan, and you work in a as, shoe factory, bro. As we see him leave the car. Sorry to just, all the Alans listening. He, he just, he lands dead. No, no, he meant, he's meant to have left a, left a speeding car. Yeah, oh, I love the jump with No out. issue at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. And all I was thinking was, I mean, this is 1899. Maybe that car's doing like 12 miles an hour, but that, that's just... <laughs> That's yeah. fast as fuck in 1899. Yeah. <laughs> genuinely, I mean, this is half remembered, but genuinely at this time, didn't they think that trains couldn't go beyond about 40 or 50 miles an hour because I people's heads would explode a, or something? There was a point where, yeah, they thought that if you went like 20 miles an hour, then yeah, your body would turn into jelly or something. Anything above a brisk jog. Yeah. Women couldn't go above five miles an hour without going fucking hysterical or something. It was a strange time. Well, I mean, she turns into bats. That's what happens. It, yeah, that's what happens. They put on the evil voice. If, if, women, if women move more they than turn 20 into miles bats. an hour, they put the evil voice on and turn into bats. That's happening all the time. Come on, you got to admit, that was very cool. When she turns into bats, this is all very Dracula Untold. Also, people who hate Dracula Untold, why do you hate that so much? Why are you looking for a perfect fucking 
rendition of Dracula. You're crazy. You just want to watch a man fly about his bats and kill people for a bit. And you get a slice of that in this fucking movie. Why do people hate this? It's crazy. This was real fun. This scene especially. Dorian Gray slashing people up. We don't know he's evil yet. Mina's flying about his bat. He's either bad or he's evil, Max. Uh, well, he's either bad or he's evil, yes. Sorry, Carl. Fuck, I keep forgetting about bad as the other option to evil. <laughs> um, Quartermain steps out of a car. Under which uh, we are. 20 miles per hour. Also walking at 20 miles an hour. And uh, Sawyer, he's trying his best not to be racist, but there's only so much you can unlearn after your mate has taught you to be that way. <gasps> he's also busy because he's he's driving a car that has only existed for minutes and also firing out. Why does he know how fire. to learn... Why does he know? How does he know how to drive that car? No idea. He's an One American. guy who doesn't even know what it's called has invented that automobile. He had to learn it from a piece of paper. Surely only he knows how to drive it. He's not in that vehicle when they're going through the city. So, Alan has left the car because he saw the <laughs> Phantom. Who's Alan? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Christ. Joking Mr. Quartermain has left the car. Alan Parrish. <laughs> So he travels in time from being in the car to being outside of the car. I can stop referencing things people have never listened to. (laughs) Because he saw the Phantom. Yes. And then we get a showdown in a graveyard. A showdown, I just want to quickly throw in there, where this so after they hit the guided missile on the target, and the Phantom says something along the lines of, I've won, and says, uh, Venice still stands. Not from what, not not as far as you've seen. I mean, um, it's a bold sorry, statement ben- to say. Venice still stands. Venice still stands. Venice still stands. And Venice still stands. No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. We've just watched it completely fucking topple. Some of Venice still stands. <laughs> that bit over there. The outskirts of Venice still stands. <laughs> and you know. I feel like that this scene would have been a lot better because Quartermain can't see the Phantom, and but he's talking to him from behind gravestones and pillars, and I feel like the scene would have worked far better if we didn't watch him running from gravestone to gravestone as he's talking to Quart. If he was invisible rather than us watching him flee the entire time, yeah. he would have felt like a more yeah, dangerous villain. Maybe, but he gets shot. Hits the ground, and we find out it was M all along. Yes, he pulls yeah. off that phantom over the opera mask, which is what it is. That's another character <laughs> little from fake scars. That we know. Yeah. So, yeah, he pulls off the fake scars. It's the guy from earlier on who put together the team. And now we're all wondering why did he put together the team? Why not just kill them all separately? Yeah, I mean, he already had three of them in a room before Alan showed up. (laughs) Yeah, He had 80% of the team. And here's where I have my issues watching this back. He needed needed Alan Parrish to catch Jekyll. The best hunter to catch the best beast, I guess. But he already had three of them, so he could have taken what they had before this. And once he'd done that, why? it's like he got carried away. Like, like, I need to get all these people in a room. I need to get Alan Quartermain so he can capture Jekyll. So that's a great plan. And then I'm going to convince them that they're all part of this extraordinary league. Why? Yeah. And then and I'm, I'm going to blow them. up. I'm, I'm going to blow up Venice, but I'm going to tell them to go to Venice that I'm going to blow up, so that there's a chance they could stop it. Even though if I didn't tell them, it'd just get blown up and I get my war. 
Yeah. Also, I've already recruited someone who is invincible. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, I don't think you could really replicate that in his factory, just painting pictures of <laughs> all of his soldiers. Why not? <laughs> this is a universe where that is a thing that can happen. That would be a far shitter movie, though, where it's just an art gallery. I've got my art gallery of invincible Nazis, and now we can't be beaten. Yeah. He's doing, like, caricatures of them. <laughs> Just getting like a street painter to do it. <laughs> so all the paintings look normal, but everyone in real life... Every single like one of them has got head. massive ears and yeah. a big yeah. nose. Massive, <laughs> massive noses. <laughs> but yeah, this is where I just went, oh, this isn't the movie I remember because the bad guy's plan was completely unnecessary and had he not done it... Like, none of it really makes he sense. He would have won. But he would have won if he'd just... Uh, not to convince them they were all part of a league that were recruited to stop him. Not specifically hired all the people, yeah. True, but what I liked about this, so I, I may be jumping ahead a little bit here, but so they get the recording, which is a vinyl disc, and they call it a recording disc. You have those in automobiles, those are the great technical technological advances. And he plays, he does that trope, which is massive in movies like this, over James Bond stuff, which may be a reference to Connery himself. Where he explains the plan and how he's beaten them. This is what he was really trying to do. Everything up till now was part of his design. You're the losers here. But I like that the the second layer to that was the the high pitched noise being played in the background. That was good. To trigger the the bombs. I love. I felt that. like that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I liked a, that. A reason to like holding them there to listen to it was just to keep mm. the sound on long enough. That's pretty. The cool, problem is, yeah. it does mean that somewhere in a writer's room they were going and then we're in Kenya and they use a bomb and then we're in Venice and then they they bomb Venice and then we're on the <laughs> Nautilus and they bomb? they bomb the Nautilus and then we go to Mongolia and they bomb the Mongolian fortress yeah <laughs> I fucking the love same a solution for everything yeah. yeah. Also, um, what will work just... here? Bomb. I mean, we've got all this advanced technology. What should we use? Bomb. Every time, bomb. <laughs> bomb an automobile. <laughs> <laughs> I I also like the scene where Dorian reveals that he. It turns out he wasn't bad. He was evil all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he he shows that by shooting Ishmael, who is like the. First mate or something. He's yes, Ishmael, Captain Nemo. Ishmael of we have Call not Me mentioned Ishmael at all, thing. apart from his introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. his role in this movie. It's being a guy who is just around. But he's he's like he's in the midst of the ship and he gets shot and then manages to kind of crawl his way. There's like Boromir levels of survival as he crawls his way all the way down <laughs> throughout the ship, down to the ramp at the front, waits for everyone to get back, explains to them what happens, and then dies. Well, he waits for them to have a whole conversation first, yeah, and then yeah. at the end of the conversation goes, He's polite. Uh, actually, I am here. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sat on this ramp the entire time. Mm-hmm. Historian Grey. <laughs> he wasn't bad. He was evil. <laughs> yes, and he proves that by oh, hopping yeah. in the kind of little weird jellyfishy life vessel. Super weird. That's, that's kind of not the way I thought it onto would the climb. side. Yeah, very odd. Horizontally. <laughs> really thought that thing was going to flip at some point. Well, it's propellers on one side. So. <laughs> yeah. 
it should just go in a circle, right? Yeah. yeah. Really thought I would love to have turn. seen him flee and then just get in the water and then just be <laughs> running circles in a Venice canal. You'll never catch me. <laughs> oh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, he does manage to get away. And yeah, so like we said, the the recording triggers a bomb, bomb goes off, and the ship starts sinking. And only momentarily, because we forget about those holes very quickly. Well, this is the thing. We also, it's just after we've had the Boromir, they do an incredible Hulk and decide that decide that yeah. no, Hyde's not a bad guy anymore. He's a good guy because we're past that now. The plot needs him to be good, so he's a goodie. I yeah. mean, you say you say they do an incredible Hulk. This movie's before all those movies. Okay, yeah, Hulk did a. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm always angry. Fuck off, you are. Well, now we find out that Skinner wasn't a bad guy all along. It was always Dorian Gray, and and he Morse codes from the smaller vessel, which is he's hiding on. I don't know what he's been doing this entire time. I, I assume he's just been standing about, shitting somewhere as to be fully invisible. We see the inside of that vessel. It's tiny. And apparently there's three people in there. <laughs> And one of them's using a Morse code machine <laughs> on the sly. So there's just two people sat in there, whilst a Morse code machine next to them is just. But he tells them where the mini vessel is heading, yes. and it's to a spot in Mongolia. Oh, is it actually Mongolia? And so the Nautilus, yeah, the Nautilus heads snowy. there. We get we they cut through the ice. They. What's the opposite of submerge? They, they up-merge. upmerge through the water. <laughs> I think emerge, but oh, go for it. Oh, yep. Good one. They upmerge. <laughs> up and then the people on board a vessel that has precision guided missiles decide they have to go into the building and plant some more bombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they've got to rescue people, too. Just don't think too much about any aspect of but this. But they do spend a good five minutes making a plan of who goes in first and where, and then they all walk in the same door together. The Invisible yeah. Man goes first to make it appear like there is some stealth involved, and then an army of bats enter, like nobody will notice that, and then Hyde walks up, who is just a big red hog. Big veiny. He looks like a big dick. He's 90% arms. <laughs> yeah. He's just a dude with big arms. And it's worth mentioning at this point that M's goal here is to collect samples of everyone within the group to repurpose that as scientific material and to distribute it to armies across yeah. the world and sell essentially super soldiers. We can also say at this point he's Moriarty. <laughs> oh yeah, we found out he's Moriarty from Sherlock. We, we also know that at this point. <laughs> he yeah. is M for military industrial complex <laughs> of the early 20th century, but in 1899. Yeah. So, yeah. so we get Tom and Alan are hunting M. We've got Hyde and Nemo what do are rescuing. Yeah. So Nemo goes in. rescuing survivors. We see them all. What, what do we see him do? Well, nothing for a bit. He, I mean, He's supposed to go save the survivors, yeah. The great thing about Nemo is that his thing is a sword and martial arts, so luckily everyone with an automatic rifle runs at him. Yeah, that's convenient, <laughs> isn't it? Because, yeah, it's very lucky. So, yeah, they're, they're rescuing survivors and end up going face-to-face with a big red hide. And Mina fights Dorian. 
that's our face-offs yeah. for and this. also at this yes, point they all get their own um m gets his little box of stuff from one of his henchmen which has all the samples in it from all the different people and i really liked how that was it's a little taster pack. yes it was a little taste pack which he's going to give to some <laughs> other country to be like hey do you want more of this stuff and i like how it was a sample yeah. of invisible skin some of yeah hides elixir uh some of uh mina's blood uh, and the other one yeah. was some of Nemo's science, <laughs> whatever that means. I was really expecting yeah. Casper's baseball club. It's a tiny to fall submarine out. in a tiny glass bottle. Yeah. <laughs> they all so they all have their fights. They're equal, more or less one-on-one fights with the equivalent of themselves. So there's the invulnerable vampire versus the invulnerable guy with a picture, and there's. <laughs> Hulk versus Hulk, and there's all this. They all. I also think that when I complimented the Invisible Man earlier, I feel like they spaffed the entire CGI budget on that, <laughs> just like they chucked the entire casting budget on Sean Connery because the um they only bought the special a pack of Sudacrim. That was a problem. <laughs> exactly, the special effects towards the end they get real fucking Scooby Doo, don't they? Oh my god! Well, <laughs> hang on, you say that. Because the big red Hulk guy looked exactly like Scrappy Doo from the first Scrappy Doo out of the <laughs> Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what made me think of it. That was him. Spot on. It was exactly yeah. the same. That's one of my actual notes. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but you're bang on. Yeah. yeah. That's what made me. That's what made me say it. The Damon writers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, we've what got about a... Melvin too. <laughs> we'll do that soon. What a great that movie. absolutely is going to be coming up soon. I love that film. Halloween. But yeah. And th- we get Dorian versus Mina. Cool fight as this. well. Yeah. And there's mm. a point where, yeah, there's a point where we think he's won because he sticks his sword through <gasps> her and says, I hoped I get to nail you one last time. I didn't think it would be yes. literally. Yeah. And it wasn't. No, it wasn't it a just, nail. It was a sword. No, it's not a pun. Well, yeah. but. It should really. You know. It should really have hammered a stake in. They came up with that line, and that's why they wrote in Mina, who happened to be in a vampire story. That's the only reason she's in this, which is actually a failure of her because she's one of the coolest characters. I really enjoyed everything she did. And you're right, yeah. She says, do you realise what you've done, what you've released in me, after she finds out she's betrayed him? And then he says that great nailing line, which is such a, like, 18-year-old... First time writing, this is so That's good all shit. he is. Yeah. I mean, it feels like he was just written by someone who had only ever written fanfic before this. <laughs> when, he's des- when he's described as the wolf among them and growls on their confession <laughs> tape. Oh, on. God, yeah. yeah. I, th- like, I, mean, I think it's Dorian Gray that I found painful throughout all this. He's very dark and mysterious. Turns out, and she, turns out he didn't nail her. Turns out he didn't nail her. She sticks him to a wall with a sword and shows him his painting. And it turns out the curse of this painting is that he will turn into a plasticine man <laughs> who slowly falls to pieces. Yeah. He gets that thing from uh, Indiana Jones. We watched the CGI run. budget just f- oh, it was well fade away through the ending of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was no money left at this if point. Scrappy Doo didn't denote that. <laughs> this did. <laughs> yeah. And here comes the next Marvel reference. Because at the same time, Sawyer is being chased by through the building by another invisible man, which isn't Skinner. But then that guy gives up, and all of a sudden, Iron Man appears with yeah, a flamethrower and just starts setting fire to shit. 
all the records in the building, which must be important to M, just get burnt to fucking ashes. So that guy's getting fired either way. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, very nice. And then (laughs) Skinner does turn up, only to get burnt a hell of a bunch, with what I assume are fucking 10th degree burns, because he stands in front of that fire. It was But it's okay. He's fine later. It's only the poo you can see. I was, was going to say, is he fine? Because I didn't. I stopped paying attention around this point, and I didn't check no, if he died or if he's okay. Oh, no, yeah, we, we don't scene. see him later, he's so he's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he wanted to be seen again, so, I mean, he got his wish. Yeah. Going to need some fucking pseudochrome after that. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what cured him. Yeah, maybe. He was already covered in pseudocreme. So he didn't. <laughs> Put it on first. <laughs> I might call them after this. This is such a good fucking pump for me. Let's redo this episode covered in pseudocreme. Record it on video. We make millions, boys. Trust me. I mean, to be fair, they were they were um, trending on Twitter like a month ago. Pseudocreme. Yeah, because um, someone had suffered quite a danger, like quite a bad injury, and someone had commented saying that. A bit of pseudocreme will sort them right out. And pseudocreme, pseudocreme had replied to make sure everyone knew that pseudocreme would not sort of solve this third degree burn. <laughs> I don't think it does anything. <laughs> it's just a cream. <laughs> just to make sure everyone knows. No, no. We don't do anything. Yeah. It doesn't don't work. Ex- don't expect yeah. us to do anything. If you're invisible, we're mostly marketing to invisible people. <laughs> it's, it's, if you want to be seen... We're all about that, but we're high vis in a tin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so I think I think we're nearing the yes. end. Uh, we're here at the Moriarty Quartermain fight scene. Yes. I think yes, we are. There's yeah, a bit of a shuffle about. It's two fairly <laughs> old dudes hobbling about a room. <laughs> Nothing really interesting happens. So he stabs Quartermain in the back. And then he Batmans out the window. He does Batman. Where did he get that cape from? Wasn't explained. He just has the Batman cape. He's a literary character, so he could be in this movie. <laughs> Let's I assume, assume he's M Batman. killed Batman. <laughs> no character is safe from cannibalization in this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> and then we finally get to see Tom shoot again. Yeah, but first, Quartermain leans into his ear and says, take the shot, take the shot. Oh, but now he I'll let you call him. me daddy if you take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> that does the trick. Yeah, and he takes a oh, shot. And, and M gets shot in the back and dies. I assume he's dead. Then Alan dies. Than, yeah, Alan, everyone dies. And then Alan dies, sort and of. And then we skip immediately to Quartermain's burial in Africa. We're now in Africa. All the yeah. bad guys are dead, and all the consequences are gone. The bad and the villains, all dead, bad and evil. Africa, everyone's <laughs> standing around his grave. Mina's no longer yeah. a vampire, because the sun is out and she is fine. Also, the invisible man has no burns. Everything's good. There's we'll a witch doctor that. in the distance nobody seems to notice. They all decide to be a team, and they fuck off together. And we get what was a fucking great setup for a sequel. I was excited when I saw this. If I if this film had come out now and I'd just watched this ending, I'd be eagerly awaiting the sequel. This film yeah. was 19 years ago. Give it modern day CGI and it's better than The Eternals. This would get a sequel nowadays. It's 
Instead, it's getting a reboot. <laughs> oh, it's just actually getting a reboot. It is getting a reboot. Okay, yeah, I mean, look, everything's getting a reboot. Everything is. Everything's getting a reboot. Didn't they already try this with The Mummy? Yeah. And, that, and nobody and, likes it's Fox, that. and Fox, Fox love to make reboots that no one wants to watch. And also, we that's why we get a Spider-Man villain every yeah, year. Yeah, with um, mm-hmm. uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, with the secret basement of villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel boys, like... do you yes. want to play a game? Please. Okay, so this movie is made up of characters whose copyright has run out, so they're in the public domain, so you can do whatever you want with them. Yeah. So I've my question is, which is why I'm editing out your bit earlier, Evan. No, don't edit out. Keep it in and keep this bit. Yeah, in. keep them both. I've just sent you a list of fifty characters who are in the public domain right now. I'm not going to read that. God. And at the risk of sounding a bit clickbaity, number twenty-five will surprise you. <laughs> which one would you take and replace okay. with a character in this movie? But they've phone. got to follow the same plot lines. No, I place. I already have a character. I know I'm going to say. <laughs> 25 number 25 surprise will surprise me. you, Evan. <laughs> Holy shit. 25, 25, by the way... does surprise me. Fair 25, news. by the way, is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Which I can only assume is because he was a character in, like, 1930s and 40s comic books, because that's just Captain America oh, was punching him in the face course, every week. Yeah. So, yeah, Adolf Hitler is number 25, is if you feel... Very good list. Um, I will th- I will throw in a 51st because we know he recently entered the public Don't domain and has a movie coming Please. out soon. No, it's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yes. My oh, going to be right, Winnie yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's now available. Yeah. There you go. So he has to follow a very similar plot line to whoever you replace him with or her with. Okay. Um, Who would you go for? Okay, so I'm, I'm actually just desperately Googling to see... I don't know how to find out whether characters are in the public domain, but I'll figure this I've out given afterwards. You your 50, mate. No, I want to add one. I want to add number 52, oh. which is right, yeah. I want to add the most noble character in all of literature. I have my Stuart answer. Stuart Little. Oh. oh. Great stuff. And who would you replace with Stuart Little, Sam? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's because a I would fucking one. love to see him trying to shoot a Winchester rifle. I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say well, Dorian Gray. I'd love to see him doing Dorian oh, really? Gray's part. I felt that we'd get rid of Tom Sawyer. I mean, Tom Sawyer's a pretty nothing character no, in this. I can replace Tom Sawyer. Let's, let's join up here, Sam. You replace... I'll replace who, Dorian Gray with Stuart Dorian Little. Dorian Gray with Stuart Little. And I'll replace Tom Sawyer with the Pied Piper. When instead of shooting, <laughs> he can only draw children towards a cave with his flute. <laughs> Look, they're, they're firing the boys out of that cannon and they're trying to get them back. <laughs> Sending a bunch of fucking rats out into the ocean. <laughs> or children, rather. That's what Stuart, Little, about. Stuart Little's ears are pricking up. <laughs> what a team up. I'm going to. No, because Stuart Little will be on the opposite side, so the Pied Piper could just chew oh, him into the ocean. That'd be fantastic. Yourself. Yeah. yeah. Look at your picture, Stuart. And we'd find out that Stuart is <laughs> a little rat. Stuart turns into a claymation character and melts. Absolutely. This is a great movie. I'd, I'd love that. <laughs> For a accoutrement, the Pied Piper was to Stuart Little. How fortuitous. <laughs> I do also, I mean, looking at this list, I also love that number 50 is death. Death yeah. is in the public <laughs> domain. Uh, and death I, is available now. A fantastic character to add to this. I think Death could be the only member of this team and it'd still be the same movie. (laughs) Kind of okay, yeah. (laughs) 
Death can probably lead an army of bats through Venice. Does death have precision guided missiles? I assume so. You hope so. <laughs> oh lord! Oh, right, yeah, good game, Sam. I think it's about time for the. Oh, bad is it that reviews. time? It's it that time yeah. again. Okay, go on. I'll rattle off a few. The first one of these, I'm going to really struggle with this name. The first one of these is from Fugen Turkildes, who gave it one. I'm going to assume <laughs> I pronounced that perfectly. <laughs> yes, it's written automobile. Uh, one star says, I don't know such an experienced and amazing actor Sean Connery was doing with this director. Didn't he check his resume before making this movie? I heard the director is mental to work with. With big possibility, <laughs> he is on drugs. As a result, paranoid. <laughs> so yeah, Five really, stars. really dug into, his one star, really dug into the director of this. A few people did, but I don't think anyone else accused him of being on drugs and as a result, paranoid. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm aware, the director never did any, anything again. I didn't. So. I, didn't I don't think he did much in this film. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, next one, we got one from Simeon T, who gives it 0.5 stars, so 1 out of 10. I saw this movie with my two best friends. When the credits came up, my friend Ross, not known for knee-jerk reactions, said, well, that was really bad. No more to say. Look, we got to trust Ross's opinion. His he's not, review was he's not known for his knee-jerk reactions. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys. I don't normally knee-jerk to things. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've got to tell you, well, that was really bad. In this particular case, my knee has jerked and the world must know. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, because it's always three. Um, someone who calls himself That Guy W gives it another 0.5 stars. Says, I used to like this movie before I read the graphic novels. Since I've read the graphic novels, they've become my favourite graphic novels. <laughs> and since this movie not only doesn't follow the graphic novels, but also twists and adds every character into something they completely weren't, it just pisses me off now. Graphic novels. <laughs> I just, yeah, look, there are a few people who reviewed this trying to make the point that, hey, this is a graphic novel and I know that. But nobody went yeah. as far. Nobody knew it as much as this guy did. <laughs> well, he said it four yeah. times. What I hate about all of this is that everyone's just very, oh, it doesn't follow the graphic novels. It's as if that makes it instantly worse when mm -hmm. it's based on a graphic novel where in which Mr. Hyde rapes the invisible man to death. Oh, well, I didn't know that. That is a thing that happens. I did not know that. That would be very <laughs> The Boys. Maybe it's... Maybe it's best that they didn't follow the graphic novels. In the very graphic cases. novel. Yeah, extremely graphic. Nice. Okay, you've said it four times, boys. Now I believe you. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, just as a question, Sam, because you were looking at all these reviews, and I remember the reception to this movie being quite poor. Were, like, reception most was of awful. the reviews quite negative? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, um, the average review score was below 20. Like The Rotten Tomatoes was below 20%. It was very low. Okay, but this is a good leading to the, the whole point of this goddamn fucking podcast. Think so, Carl. The question. You think that was good, do you? No. He doesn't. I mean, no, I really don't. What? Um, I, came, I brought this one to you boys, trying to redeem myself for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 
And the problem was that I watched it just going... I think you meant to say The Rocketeer there. Well, the whole okay. story... I brought this to you boys to make up for The Rocketeer. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I didn't. Like, as soon as I realised that the whole plot was completely unnecessary and had he not recruited a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he would have won. Should have really recruited a League of Ordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carl, I interrupted. But yeah, um, I think I'm in the minority here. But no, it wasn't for me this time around. That's insane. I can see why I loved it. And I I almost can see elements of it which, I don't know if they inspired Marvel, but you can see that they followed through into later movies for sure. Well, fuck you for one, Carl. I loved this movie. I loved it when I was younger. I haven't watched it since probably 2008. Last time I watched it was on a DVD. That's how fucking long ago it was, boys. Oh, the past. I, I struggled to take notes for this because I was enjoying it so much just as a movie. It's not perfect, no. And obviously there is the plot hole where if if he didn't recruit those people, we wouldn't have needed this movie. But yeah. also, maybe he was just trying to get them all into the same room to kill them, you know? But even beyond that, this is just an enjoyable, fun movie where people are doing one-liners and fucking shooting things and having a great time. And every now and then there's some CGI in a time when we didn't have a lot of CGI. So I fucking enjoyed this. 2003 this came 2003. out. 2003. Do you see how invisible that guy was? <laughs> I I think, yeah, I'm leaning more towards Ev. This, it was, it was more whole than plot. Um, <laughs> nothing really made that much sense. But I no. think... I don't think it really had to. It was just, it was kind of a pull all of these public, publicly available licensed characters into one story and just kind of fuck around and see what happens. Put a, an obscene amount of bombs in there and yeah, reframe, reframe these old characters that no one's doing anything with but still have this history and this kind of gravitas behind them. Yeah. And I think it's just a fun thing to see. I suppose I didn't have high expectations. I didn't watch this when I was younger. So I came to this not with without much expectation behind me. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good fun. Good. Yeah, I feel very much the same way. Look, boys, we're at the tail end of this now, aren't we? And I've just realised I can't remember what I picked for next week's movie, and it is my go. But it was a good one. So instead, I'm going to make it a challenge. If you follow us at So You Think Pod on Twitter, I will tell you what the movie I picked was. He'll DM you individually if you follow yes, him within the next not week. because of my poor planning to write this in a fucking document that I'm looking at. <laughs> Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I'm not going to pretend anyone else wants any more of this. Also follow us on YouTube. Boys, thank you so much for today, and I'll see you again. So welcome. Next time. I'm on a bloody I'm sorry, story, Carl. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thank you, boys. Goodbye, listener.